We music. good? Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, welcome back to the Always Forward podcast. This is uh, this is going to be an intense one because I got uh, John Uzgatagi. Yuz- Jonathan Uzgatagi. Uzgatagi. Who's got the key? Who's got the key? He's you got the key, apparently. <laughs> um, so we've got, uh, of course, another jujitsu player here. The the jujitsu players, one it sounds like. And you guys remember the uh, Tyler and uh, Garris podcast? Did you see that podcast? I got to send no, it to I, you. No, send it to me. Send yeah, um, they told stories. About they you. told stories about you. Yeah. <laughs> so for those oh, avid God. listeners, this is the guy that we're talking about. <laughs> but uh, the reason why I wanted to have you on is yeah. because of your background. Uh, honestly, not because the jujitsu is great. And we we were talking about it a little bit off camera and all, all thing. But uh, you're an immigrant to this country. Yes, sir. From Venezuela. Yes, I am. And uh, I tell people all the time when I meet him, I am an American citizen by choice, a Venezuelan by birth. There we go. Yes. Now I pulled up, I pulled up and we're just going to get right into this because this is what, this is what people need to hear. Um, I pulled up this thing by, uh, that David Harris posted and, and there's no, it's just a picture and I showed it, I showed it to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And it basically is, and, and for those of you listening and are watching, for those of you watching, we'll, <clears throat> we'll, we'll put it up so you can see it. Um, but I wanted to ask you about that timeline because it's a, it's a, it's a really scary timeline when you start looking at what Venezuela was Mm -hmm. compared to what it is now. And you've, you said you experienced that whole thing firsthand. Well, let me start by telling you the Venezuela at one point was ranked number four in one of the richest countries in the world. We have more oil than Saudi Arabia. That's a, that's wild to even that's, say that. A, a lot of people don't know these things, you know. So yeah. it, it is it is amazing that all the things that, that we saw happening in Venezuela now are are here. So you were saying that they got their independence thirty five years in one day. Yes, our independence they happened thirty five years after the United States, and one day after our independence day is July fifth, compared to the United States. And they and. So the your I guess the founding fathers of that country, yeah. Were, well, the founding fathers, uh, Venezuelan founding fathers, came to the United States and have a lot of ideas that took from here to our native, my native country of Venezuela. The thing that we did different here in United States, you had George Washington that asked to be the king. He refused that idea. He became our first president for two terms. In Venezuela, we allow the generals to be the leaders into the earlier 1960s. Okay. It's when we finally got rid of our last dictator. His name was Marcos Pérez Jiménez. Mm-hmm. And then we started implementing, a lot of people don't know, Venezuela was a constitutional republic with three branches of government. And one point, we also have two major political parties. One was called Acción Democrática, and that party represented all the liberal socialists in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. We also had one that was called Copay. That one represented the conservative Christians in Venezuela. So as you can see, very similarities to yes. the United States. And uh, and because of that setup, because of that government, Venezuela thrived. It yes. became the fourth richest country. It was country in one in point. And, yeah. You know, it was driving. It was a lot of people moving. See, in in the sixties, right in the seventies, we have a lot of people from Europe. They used to come to the United States in Venezuela because it was Venezuela was a lot of opportunity to open business, 
The economy was driving. It, it was it was a great place to be. That you never saw Venezuelans at that point in be thinking about immigrating to another country. We used to have probably our second homes here or in Europe, but we 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 didn't want to leave our country. So then, you're telling me what happened? What? Because <laughs> like right now you would you would never look at Venezuela and go. <clears throat> that was once a, a great free country to live in where you could thrive and, and open a business and provide for your family. And cause that's not what that is. Well, what I think it happened, this is the, the way I see things. When I moved to this country, I started having a lot of epiphany to see what happened there and learning the history of the United States. And, you know, you start getting well educating a lot of things in here. And what happened to us, I believe was that, when we got rid of our last dictator in Venezuela, the left took over our education system. Mm. That's what I see happening here too. Why I say that? Because in Venezuela, you started having a lot of people, and, and think put it this way, who do you think is going to push ideas and all this propaganda? It's going to be those in leadership Position, meaning right. doctors, lawyers, professors, engineers, architects. This is the people that you're actually going to be listening to when you have questions about anything in life. So in Venezuela, we have the rise that Hugo Chavez happened, how he got elected. It was the, the wealthy, the so-called professionals pushing this man into us. Who do you think is pushing socialism and all this crazy stuff to us? The so-called elite, the professionals. It's the same thing we did over there. Think about if Venezuelan people would have clearly understood the history of all these dictators that we have before uh, Chavez. We would have never elected him. Because yeah. nobody's going to see Chavez attend a coup in Venezuela. How can we elect somebody? They wanted to take the government by force. They have those ideas. That, that would have never happened if we would have got well educated on, on these issues. Did they, did they do it the way that it looks like now? Like, we're doing this for you. We're doing this for your safety. Exactly. Doing, Everything you know, is don't, the same. You don't have to do anything. We will take care of you. Is that the, is that exactly. the in, messaging? In Venezuela, we, we had it with Chavez. It was a cultural revolution. There was a good old-fashioned industrial revolution. The rich man is getting richer. The poor man is getting poorer. This evil capitalism is taking advantage of the people, and it's time to give back the power to the people. So I want you guys to listen to this because there's that old saying that those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Exactly. And that's I think that's the biggest problem that we're having right now is people don't know history, and they, and, and they don't, they, they're not seeing the connection that are happening in you know what happened in Germany, and you know all the way from World War, you know, one to World War Two, and then, um, and then you know countries like Venezuela as well. So, when you start looking at this, when did it? When did you come to this country? And you know, and then when did you kind of start? And you kind of told me off camera, but when did you start picking up that like I have something to worry? Like I came to this great country because there's opportunity. Mm -hmm. I escaped socialism. Um, 
probably save your life, honestly. Well, then, you know, I, I think when I moved here, the first thing I did was pursue my American dream. How old were you? I was probably the first time I came, I was probably 20. And then I used to go back and forth. And then Chavez, you speak English when you no, came? I, no, I learned English by watching TV. <laughs> so every good so every my good uh my cousin immigrant. my cousin too he speaks in uh in uh 80s action lines action That's what movie my lines action movie lines i used you. to watch uh cnn back then and uh soul boppers uh-huh and that's how pretty much told my, i taught myself english that's how my yeah yes. i learned english was soap operas as well yes it's pretty good it's yeah. pretty good <laughs> so but when i came here right the first thing i did was you know go for the pursuit of the American dream. And then it was probably 11 years ago, I started noticing something was not right. I started recognizing a lot of things. And to me it was when, you know, I said, okay, uh, I saw these things 11 years ago. I started noticing a lot of things that were not good, like Obamacare. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, the last thing for me that it did. It like, I mean, it's just straight up socialism. So that was the first thing that was like this the last a, one. This there was a, a lot of things here and yeah. there, you know. During the Bush administration, I remember hearing something that's called the the no kid left behind. Yeah, it was an. I was like, what? What do you mean? Some people are gonna have to be left behind. Is, <laughs> if you're not studying and you're not doing what you're supposed to do, so but nobody. If you're right. not putting the work in. Exactly. You're not gonna get the result. Exactly. Yeah. So. A lot of people don't see that. I said, wait a second, with no kids left behind. That's kind of socialist to me. You know, like, oh, we see, are going to be. Even, I didn't even, I wouldn't have picked up on that. Yeah, but see, you didn't grow up in a country. Right, like right. I did. Yeah. So you used to, I'll tell you one story. When I was a, a child, I remember we being in, in, a, in a classroom and the math teacher came in and said to all of us, I never forgot the story. Say well, Venezuela was so rich, we we should be given a million believers in the time that was the, the, the name of the uh, the currency in Venezuela, mm-hmm. for every Venezuelan was born. And I remember leaving the classroom thinking, "Where's my money?" <laughs> Think about it. it, and I didn't understand in the time what what they were trying to push to us. It was now I know what it was. It was an entitlement. Yeah, you know, it's the entitlement that you have to have that the government had to take care of you. So, you know, things like that. And a lot of things that I remember. From Don't my, work for it. Yeah. It's Just, like, let somebody else do the job. And, you know, the government will eventually come and take care of you. Yeah. So, with me, was that? The, the George Bush with the no kid left behind. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I, I can't be behind that. Yeah. You know, we, we need to understand that some people are going to have to be left behind. Because if you don't want to study, you don't want to put the work. I'm that's sorry. On, that's, that's on you. I'm not going to hold the rest of the class up so that it, this kid can catch up. And that's exactly, some, what happens exactly. with a lot of that. So with the Obama administration, there's a lot of things, but the, the thing that kind of like did it for me was the Obamacare. I remember at one point I'm paying $800 a month for my insurance, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going like, why this is this so expensive? And I remember going to the insurance company with my wife and I'm asking you know, I'm here to get the insurer, blah, 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 blah. And the person say, oh, we need to see your bank statements, how much you're making. I said, what? That right there was a red flag. I say, it's supposed to be based on my health, not on how much I'm making. But it was based on that. How much you make, this is how much you were going to pay. So I started digging into the Obamacare, and then the plan that I have, 
some people had it for 70 bucks. Yeah. So I'm going like, wait a second. I know exactly what this is. The redistribution of the well. My $800 was subsidizing a lot of insurance. Yeah. So that's socialism. They take from you. They're making too much money. But it's always the middle class people that are paying for this thing. Yeah. The wealthy never do pay for this. This is a, the scam that has been running for many, many decades with this. Oh, no, we're going to take your money to give it to somebody else. But what about your money? No, no, no. Our money cannot be touched. That's always how, how it is. So with that was like to me, I was like, man, this is this is nonsense. People need to wake up. This is this is not not going to be good. This Obamacare. And it was. It was not good. So what's funny is I don't remember like back in the day when we were coming up and building our business, she you know, I moved her moved her in and then she was working for the business. We weren't making much. I mean, during Running your own business during the Obama administration was difficult. Extremely difficult. Just to like, get anything off the ground, anything. And just trying to be profitable, just trying to not, you know, like, because they were charging, even though we didn't make much, like, the, the taxes were just killing my profit margin. And and we still survived. We'd made, you know, we made money, but we didn't thrive. You know, they just took too much. She came in. She needed to get, you know, needed to get insurance. She applied for Obamacare. Mm-hmm. No, and at the time, I think, honestly, just where I was at, because I moved here with nothing, and I was, like, trying to get myself set up, I think I was making, like, twelve, maybe 12 grand a year, and I didn't qualify, because I didn't have any kids. But the purpose of that, let me tell you exactly what the purpose of that is, to make sure that you don't drive, that you don't try to progress. Because if you want health insurance, they are forcing you to make less, to keep you in the property. You know, yep. they don't want you to be successful. They don't want you because they want that dependency. They yep. want you to become a dependent. We're going to reward your dependency. Exactly. Your dependency yeah. from the government. So if that, I legally had dependents like mm-hmm. children and I didn't have a father, then I would not have a job. Right. If she didn't work, she would have qualified. You get reward. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, that's socialism. You know, that's that's how they do it. They had to, you know, destroy everything. The, the health industry, like the BA. Yeah. The BA should be what I believe a good example, how it will happen. <laughs> It'll all be. It's a good I, example. I tell people all the time. They're yeah. like, they're like, we should, you know, I hear people like, oh, we should have socialized healthcare. You no, know, it's human, look at the BA. Hu- yeah, hum- human beings deserve healthcare, this and that. I'm like, listen, buddy, mm-hmm. we have, we have socialized healthcare. Go talk to any veteran mm-hmm. and ask them how their, how their healthcare is. It's horrible. Yeah. Like well, you don't want that. I'll tell you how I always, when I have this discussion with people about these things, they want Medicare for all and all this. I said, let me tell you how this go. Do you understand what the first party purchase is? No. The first party purchase is when you buy something for yourself, okay. you're going to look in two things, quality and price. Yeah. Right? Okay. The second party purchase is when you buy something for somebody else. Okay. You're going to look into the quality and price. To, you might not spend too much money. <laughs> right. right? Depending, depending on the person. Depending on the person. <laughs> yeah, right. But if it's somebody that you know you care, but you're not, you're yeah, yeah. still going to get yeah. But you're going to be like, uh, easy on the price because that's not for me. Yeah. But I know the person, you know, yeah. so I'm going to. But this is how the government is. They'll become the third party purchase. When they're buying something, they're not using their money. They're not going to use the product. Do you really think they're going to care about the price right. or the value of the pro- whatever product is? No, it's they're the not going to care. So this is how you bring the analogy to people to understand. They don't care. They're going to use somebody else's money for a product they're never going to use. Buy in bulk. <laughs> they're not going to care. Yeah. They're not going to care. 
See, the thing with, with that I learned from from coming where, where I'm coming from is that big government always equal to big corruption mm-hmm. and less freedoms for the people. And people need to understand that. We're we're teaching a society of today's a lot of entitlement and a lot of it, 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 let's put it this way. What United States is going right now is a culture Marxist revolution. And what we're teaching right now is entitlement. And for this Marxist, socialism is a religion. And the government is God. Put it that way. Religion is socialism. And the God is the government. That's how they see it. So they have to preach the government is going to take care of you. The government is going to be everything. We need to make sure the, the bigger, the better. But in the end... If you've never been through this before, you're going to be taken by advantage. Yeah, because, you know, you fast forward through this however many years or dec- decades it takes, right? Look at, you know, use, use Ven- using Venezuela as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you get rid of the middle class. This you will, have to get this. This will class. get rid of the middle class, right? Mm-hmm. They continue down this road, you get middle class. Middle class is the one that pays for everything. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that... You know, all of our tax money, everything that happens in the country comes from the middle class. The ultra elite's not going to, they're going to. Well, this is something know. that we, we need to understand. Who do you think, if it's something go wrong, is always fighting? The poor people don't have time to fight. <laughs> the rich don't really care about it. It's the middle class people. It's not, it's not about the pain. It's about the one they're always going to stand up right. against anything that go wrong. Right. It's not even the pain part. It's about that. They understand very well the middle class people are the ones that are going to rise up. So that's why that's why that's they, what they had to get rid of that. That's what you see. That's the, the opposition. The opposition. That's the enemy for them. For them. For, for to, to threat yeah. to their power. Yeah. See, you got to look at it. The reason that you see. They attack in, in, in to the small business mm-hmm. is because how can the government control thousands and thousands? I believe that the second, you know, source of income on the, our GDP is small business. Right. But there are too many small business. You cannot control so many individual thinkers. So they're pushing right now a chronic capitalism that is going to always be line up with the government so this is what i don't understand it with socialism though so maybe you can help me understand this from their point of view for the people that are that are for socialism for the pe- for the government that is pushing the plan because essentially what you're doing is you're getting rid of the middle class like you said because that is the opposition mm-hmm. if they're the ones paying for it so then what happens when they achieve their goal in the middle class i mean obviously we know what happens with venezuela but can you explain their thought process like the middle class is gone. There's no more money. So the poor people aren't getting taken care of. There's no more money. The the, the ultra rich are not going to take care of the poor people. They're like, why should I do that? So And now you got people living in cardboard boxes and eating out of trash cans and whatever they can. So I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's something that I learned in this country. I'm going to share with you. You probably heard this before. Yeah. Ignorance can yeah. be educated. Craziness can be medicated. But there's no cure for stupid. <laughs> That's pretty much how you see that. Yeah, it's all about power. These people already have the money, but the ultimate reward is control and power. 
That's all it is. Because they already have the money. The people are pushing socialism. Already have the money. They're on top of the food chain. And they're going to keep all that. They're going to keep it. They're not going to release with the the money that they have. But they have. So the next thing for them is power. It's control. It's all about control. It's nothing about, oh, we want to help you. You know, we want to help you by taking somebody else's money and giving it to you. It's never like, you never see these wealthy corporations and say, you know what? We're just going to donate so much money to this cause because we, we care about that. No, this that's never the case. Yeah. But I think that this is bigger than, you know, the, the what, what this country is going through right now, going back to what happened to us when our education system got, I believe, taken over by the left and the indoctrination began. And then 50, it took 50 years from a last dictator to the rise of Hugo Chavez. 50 years. I see if we keep going the way we're going, and I hate to say this, but I am a very optimistic. You know, I do a lot of things right now. I'm involved in politics. Yep. Which uh, we're going to get into. We're going to yeah. talk about. Yep. And, and I believe in the American dream. I believe the resilience this country have, but we have to really pay attention carefully with a lot of things that the left is doing right now to our nation, with our education system to be compromised the way it is. With the illiteracy, race is growing right now in this country. One, our education system is really not, it's not ready right <laughs> in the world. And we spend a lot, a lot of money. And we our, have kids, we have kids in school for over eight hours a day. Yeah. And they're, they're doing not, what? They're not teaching. No, they're not teaching. They're standing in, they're yeah. teaching to be the follow orders. Exactly. And to stand in line. Exactly. And to do what they're not to be entitled. To, like entitlement. Yeah. Uh, they're becoming some students are going to be the social justice warriors. Right. They're now teaching about transgenderism, and but they don't know anything about history, right. or math, or reading, or writing correctly. Uh, it's just about feelings. It, it is because the, the purpose of this is to have the dumber the population, the easiest for them to control them. Right. It's like we did it in Venezuela. So I feel that we have to be very careful with what's going on right now with our education system. We have to take control back of our education system. Because if we don't, you're going to have maybe one generation away will we'll be a communist state. It can happen. It can happen easily because there's a lot of people fighting right now, right? But how old are you now? 40. I'm 50. Where are you going to be in 30? Do you think in 30, 40 years you're going to be able to fight like the way you're fighting now? Or no. no. So what happened to all these children? I can try, but yeah, you we know can how. Try. We can, exactly. But you know, yeah. But then you have all these kids that are growing up and thinking that socialism is the way to go. And the reason it happened is because these ideas have always got great intention. Right. Yeah, they really do. I mean, they get the kids, especially when they're at the age where they just like care about the underdog. They want everybody to be okay, fair. It's like we were talking before this. There was something that I see that already have passed unanimous in local, state, federal government. It's called diversity, equity, and inclusion. The first time I heard of that, it was in Venezuela. Now it's been pushed to to everything here. There are over 100 major corporations in the United States that are mandatory teaching these things. This is, to me, where where I'm from, that's Marxist ideologies. How can we paying, we taxpayers are paying for Marxist ideologies to be pushed to everything? Because I tell you how this is going to go down. In the name of diversity, 
we dismantle everything as we know it because everything is racist. In the name of equity, we're going to redistribute the well, meaning we're going to take your money and give it to everybody else. They're not going to take their money. And the one that I more concern is the inclusion. The inclusion is, the, I think, the, the, one of the biggest and latest weapons the Marxists have come out with it. And it's how can we twist the mind of all our children using the sex education? They're going to become a slaves when they grow up. And what will happen? These kids are not going to fight to protect our constitution. Right. They're not going to fight to protect this country. They will completely, I can see them all going straight to the polls and voting for the first communist president. Because they will say, oh, you know, people hate you because the way you look or you are. So government will take care of you. Government will make sure to pass legislation to always protect you and do all these things. And that's how I see the destruction of this great nation with those programs. We have to completely get rid of that because they have, the names have great intentions, but they're not. This country is not racist. You think we have so many immigrants crossing the border, risking everything to come here if we were, this country was racist? No. Seriously? Like if this is a racist country, why yeah, would you come here? Exactly. You would be you you would have prejudice against exactly. you. And you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to exactly. achieve the American dream. Police are not hunting people down on the street. There's no police officer that jump in their cars and say, All right, let's see how many blacks in Spanish I'm gonna get today. Police being not they don't even they, they don't even they're not even doing their job the way they used to do it this day. Yeah, talk to me about that. Well, I talked to a lot of law enforcement and it's scary. You know, they're afraid to do their job because they don't know if they do their job, are they going to be fired or be put in jail or sued? Think about that. It, it is scary. Police officers right now are not being proactive the way it used to be. And I don't blame them. We have the majority of the people, the conservative movement, sometimes, and, and this is a call for everybody, you need to be more loud when you express yourself about the support of the police or the law enforcement. Yeah, I see sometimes people going, I got your back. That doesn't help. We have to be loud and proud of our law enforcement. Did we have police officers in the past that have done something bad? Of course. There's bad doctors. There's bad lawyers. Politicians. Bad politicians. Yeah. Well, they're more bad politicians than anything. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? So, the reason that I see this happening, as we were talking earlier, and is the to me the whole purpose of this is demoralizing our police and pushing ideas like defund the police. Now they change that. It's no longer defund the police. When they do, they advocate money that was supposed to go for the police forces to something like we have programs in in a lot of counties. They're called diversity equity officer. Mm. So instead of giving money for to our police, we're advocating that money to this program, social uh, workers. And that, and that feels familiar to you. Exactly. That's yeah. defunding the police. But they just don't label it like that to kind of like have people not thinking anymore about it. The reason you're doing that is what we did in Venezuela. Let, let me put it to you this way. Crime is going to rise up. You're going to see your local for, uh, law enforcement not able to handle the crime. They're going to start asking help from the federal government. 
the federal government is going to be pumping money into the local police forces. That means they have more right to say what's going on there. And how to do the job. And how to do their job. And you're going to see politicians in both sides compromising the conservative side and the ones that want to push these ideas coming together like you saw not too long ago with the gun control mm-hmm. law that got passed, right? Mm-hmm. In order to end systemic racism, police brutality, in gun control, we need to nationalize the police. Why? So we can keep an eye on everybody to make sure that you're safe because crime is completely out of control. What are you going to do at that point? You're like completely against the wall. I said, man, we got to do something about it here. Crime mm-hmm. is bad. And the nationalization of the police will tell me that we are one step closer to become a communist state. That's because Venezuela did the same thing. Venezuela. See, when Hugo Chavez came to power, the first thing he does, he he reformed our constitution. He got rid of that. He said it was racist and it was too old. Something that you hear from the other side. Yeah. Right after that, he nationalized the police. Right after that, he gave us gun control. Right after that, he gave us gun buyback programs. Right after that, he said, we got to end this gun violence in Venezuela. Confiscation. So why you're doing this, you know what it is all about. Because after that happened, you will see the rise of the tyrannical government. Gun laws never hurt criminals. You never see a line when you're going to buy. This is a line for criminals. This is a line for mental disabled people. This is a line for law-abiding citizens. Go and pull your permits. They're never like that. Like I was telling you earlier, when we have a, a plane that crash. Yeah. What do we do? We go and investigate why that plane crashed. We, you know, get all that evidence. And if it's a problem with a particular plane, we pull it back, we fix it, we send it back. Yeah. With gun control, it's never that. You never see an investigation. Why is this happening? What is going on? Nope. We just got to take the guns away from you. Just from the law abiding. From the law abiding. The gun controls always affect law abiding citizens. It never, look. Now, there's a saying, though, that you said earlier. What was the saying about how you uh, you end socialism? Oh, that's something. That, the, 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 a lot the, of things that you, the Americans, we need to understand here. These labels that you hear for, I've been hearing this thing for a long, long time. When you hear, well, you vote your way into socialism, you have to shoot your way out. Let me tell you, that's in a skin. Some leftists came out with that. It was no conservative. They came out with that. Because you ain't going to have... How are you going to shoot your way out? You ain't going to have no guns by the time they do that. Yes. Yeah. But let me tell you who got the guns in Venezuela. Hmm. The criminals. Yeah. You can find RPGs and automatic weapons in Venezuela right now, but the criminals have those guns. Not the law-abiding citizens. Nope. Because the criminals, once again, they don't understand what law is. They don't right. obey. If they don't mean. care. They don't care. That's what you yeah. call them, criminals. Yeah. So that's the same thing that I see happening here. Like, you know, the, nobody does, okay, let's talk about why that we having all these shootings in the school. Yeah. Is that a mental problem that we have that we need to address? No. They just put their blame right into the guns. And who do you think is going to always get hurt? The law-abiding citizen. I mean, we can not have to get into it, but it's. I think it's a parent problem. It is. I think it's a family problem. It is. I think it's and it, and I've I've spoken about this time and time again on this podcast. It is a systematic removal of the family unit, a de- a de- destruction of the family unit decades ago, mm-hmm. so that they could make 
they can create more power mm -hmm. and more say with what happens. Because if you have a strong family unit, if you have a strong father in the family, and the entire community is like that, you can't manipulate them. Well, because you know the men go no. That's part of the the Mars's revolution, right? The destruction Remove of the nuclear yeah. family. Right. Is very essential for that revolution that we're seeing now because they can't have it with with. Yeah. It, with I a mean, you think about family. with this transgenderism movement that we yeah. have. Oh, you got two mom and two dad. I mean, is that really the nuclear family? You put two women right now in an island, in a desert island, and two men in a desert island, and you put a man and a woman in a desert island. Who do you think is going to have procreation there? Who's going to thrive? Who's going to thrive? Yeah. Who's going to create families? Who's going to grow? Yeah. You know, we know, they know what they're doing. It's just, we don't have enough. We have a lot of, I think we have a lot of males in this country. We just don't have a lot of men standing up against this thing. Right. And we need to start standing up. So on that, you said, and I, and I am guilty of this myself. And I told you that, um, they come, they came up with this term, the silent majority. <laughs> That was the leftist too. The That's kid. not. That wasn't a conservative. There's no thing. way. I analyze this better. Who in the right mind in the conservative side will call? Oh, hey, hey, guys, we are the majority, but let's just be all silent. We this, got this. We got this. You just wait till you just know. Sit back. Sit back and relax. We we are the majority. How can we allow the minority in this country pushing all this nonsense into so-called the majority? Yeah. Because they label. The majority silent for a reason to keep him then quiet we need to start ripping these labels and become who we need to become remember in order for us to live in the lamb of the free we need to become the home of the brave yeah there's no way we're going to be living in this lamb of the free if we were the home of the weak or the afraid shit man you, you start talking like that it makes you want to go outside and wave american flag around <laughs> motivating the hell out of me um, no but it, 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 it is look i like i said earlier every time i introduce myself when i go i'm doing it right now and a speaking tour all over the state of north carolina it's called exposing the crimes of socialism and what i do i connect the doc of my presentation what happened over there what i see happening what here a, what you're there's no one better to explain that in how I introduce myself, I am an American citizen by choice, mm -hmm. in a Venezuelan by birth. Look, I know you're a veteran. You and I took the same oath. Right. When I became an American citizen, that all say we had to protect this nation from foreign and domestic threat. Yep. Right now, we have a domestic threat. It's called a radical Marxist revolution that is trying to destroy our country. And I'm not going to be a bystander and just let this happen. There was a guy in the 60s during the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union. You probably heard about it. Nikita Khrushchev. Mm -hmm. Said in, in, I believe it was in the UN when he spoke, they say that Americans will fight. This was during the Eisenhower presidency. That America will fight communism. So what we'll do, we'll feed him small amounts of socialism to one day they will woke up in communism. And it's happening right now as we speak in this country. So on the, on the silent majority, I, 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 was telling, I was telling you, you know, before we started recording, you know, before the pandemic, 
I was people that followed me at a decent size following prior to, you know, those two over two years ago, I was, you know, successful in my own right. And, you know, I had a decent size following on social media and whatnot. Nobody knew my political or religious affiliation. I never talked about it, never pushed it. I, my thought was I've, I've, I did my time in the military. I've served this country, volunteered multiple times, you know, volunteered, you know, I guess I re-enlisted three times. So I, I re-signed up three total of three times. And then I, then I, you know, volunteered for, you know, I guess special operations units. I'd volunteered for force reconnaissance. And then I went into SOCOM. So when I got done, my, you know, I, I served in a contracting companies, you know, supporting the military for a little while. And then I got done with that and I started my business and I just, I felt like that time was done for me. And what I wanted to do was just live the American dream, be with my family, grow my businesses, make money, be profitable and live my life. And then all of a he sudden, he was kind of like, they already took as much as they could take from me. I'm going to chill. I'm going to do, I'm going to, now it's time. It's my time. You know, I, I gave everything that I, that I did. Now it was time for me to enjoy what everybody else was enjoying while I was giving, you know, you know, the freedoms you fought for. Exactly. And, uh, so we did that up until 2020 and then my gym got raided by because and in, in the under the the North skies Carolina of, mandate yeah I'm constitutional mandates yes i'm constitutional mandates yeah they would see this is a problem that i have where they shut we, my business down we right. have we have a, a legislator that stopped completely legislator yeah we allow everybody to follow us on unconstitutional mandate like you say the fourth amendment was violated yeah, and this see these these uh, and when you look at the Bill of Right, right, all these first ten amendments that were put in, in when this country was built, it's not just the Second Amendment should not be in French, right? All of them, these rights are given to you by your Almighty Creator God. Yeah, that's what you see a lot of politicians pulling God out of the government, because if we pull God and then we can get away with a lot of stuff. I don't care if you don't believe in God or anything, but even the people that don't believe in God, they should have God in there. So we cannot allow men to do what they're doing right now. No, right. it's came from God, so you cannot take it away from me. Right. That's how I feel everybody should be, to protect their rights. You say your Fourth Amendment was violated. Your Ninth Amendment was violated. Your First Amendment was violated. Mm -hmm. Look at that. This isn't the Constitution was put there to protect you. And the government felt the only job they're supposed to be doing when we put a government together is to do what? The first one is to protect you. Mm -hmm. They failed to do that. You tell me that I never, I couldn't believe, because I also have the gym, right? Like you, yeah. that we put people, healthy people in quarantine. We lost First time ever, right? Well, the definition of quarantine in general, like if you look it up, even on CDC's website, there has to be an end date. You can't have a quarantine exactly. with no period you have of a 40 end days quarantine for this particular it's problem. It's unconstitutional 30, to put no cap on it. Every, every sickness, every health issue have a day, like 40 days for the flu, 32 weeks for this, whatever it is. But there was a never a healthy, never, never for the healthy. Never, I never saw this. But what are we lost here and so for so long is critical thinking. Mm -hmm. We're not thinking anymore. 
We just doing, obey. Just, just obey. Obey what they tell you. And that's what you're seeing, the, the, the production of our school system. Think about what you think is going to happen one generation from now. And then people, exactly, and people were telling me I was wrong. No. They were all telling me that I was wrong. I wish I wouldn't know about you back then because I never closed my place. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I say it. Well, to what we did was we closed, and then the first, uh, the very first public whatever address that, that Cooper did, mm-hmm. he never brought up gyms. He just had no plan. There was no there was no end date. There was no plan. So we were closed for what the first time three weeks. I think we did the first period because at first he did have a period on it, and it was, then he said we'll reassess. So we did close. Well, the president the, said by Easter. Yeah. And then it was like supposed to be two weeks. Two weeks to flatten the curve is the is the big joke. I always say that two weeks, and and I remember with see in my gym right, we were was it November two thousand nineteen. Okay. Right. I remember getting a lot of people, hey, professor, texting me, I am sick, I'm not, and then I was telling my wife, that's crazy, so many people getting sick. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, it's November, it's the last month of the hurricane season. Yeah, yeah. It's probably something in the air, and then December, January. Cold flu, whatever. I say, wait a second, that was already here. Yeah. We all recovered, nobody died in my place, and I'm pretty sure people die, and it had to do with, not they're, being healthy. Not their, that was their issue beforehand. Exactly. Yeah. Pre-existing it was a lot of yeah. pre-existing condition. It was a lot of things that, you, you know. You would think it'd be like a wake up to the popu- to so, American populace. Like, hey, I need to get healthy. And uh, but what do you think they do? Why do you think they came after the gyms? But they kept ABC, the liquor stores open. Strip clubs. Strip clubs are Had, open. Yep. Think about it. all the great fast food restaurants open. All that delicious fast food that make you so healthy. Yeah. You know, open. They're creating the real true pandemic there. Just stay fat, sick. And, they stay and fat, sick. Don't. Yeah. They close the Dependent. beach. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even go to the park. It's like we completely lost common sense. Yeah. So, after, was, so after that, when he didn't, three, I think it was like three weeks. We were supposed to be closed two weeks. We got the three weeks. He came out with a statement. I watched it. Never said a word, and I said, "Nah, screw this. We're opening up." And that's when the drama. That's when the drama started. When I pushed back, uh-huh. and then I pushed back on this town. Um, and, good I mean, for I you. I sued him. I sued him. Good for you. And and uh, they admitted wrongdoing. They admitted. They admitted. They fired. They fired the guy involved, which is ridiculous because he he was an asshole. He was not. He he was not doing what he should have been done. But he was following orders from exactly, somebody at the town. Exactly. And then they fired him. They threw him person, under the bus. They threw him under the bus. But the people that made the real decisions are still sitting, still in there, sitting there. Still making six figures. Making decisions yeah. for your life. Right. And everybody else's life yeah. in this town. Right. Over across the street. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that, that's how to do with, with that critical thinking once again. If we can think about all the kids right now coming out of school. If we have this generation that went through the pandemic not thinking. Now I stand there and I say, whoa, what time out? Mm-hmm. You say two weeks to flap the curve. Now it's two, three weeks, three, ma- three, year. <laughs> three mass later, yeah. five shops later. You know, yeah. look at how the CDC re- redefined uh, the vaccination. It used to be you get a vaccine mm-hmm. and with one vaccine. Now, no, you got to get three, four. Uh, you know why? You got to get it every year. Yeah. It's like, what in the world's going on here? Yeah. I never took a vaccine. I never wore a mask. Oh, I never man, closed I'm my business. That. I never did social distance. I have the right to get sick. And I took that right. Yeah. 
I believe that those that are willing to give freedoms away in order to have a little bit of save, they eventually lose both. Yeah. Eventually lose both. You cannot live your life this way. If you feel that you're an immune system person, you feel that you're, you know, you're scared, stay home. Yeah. You can call Uber for food. You can call the grocery store for food. But don't force me. Exactly. Do not. I believe in, you know, medical freedoms. Yeah. Look at how everything happened in, you know, last year. What happened to my body, my choice? <laughs> You're right. It disappeared. Disappeared. As soon as Roby was turned away, Roby versus Way, it came back. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't think so. There's no more my body, my choice. Because last year, we couldn't say my body, my choice. Oh, no, 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 no. There's no, that, that doesn't fly It's for anymore. the good of everybody. It's for the good of everybody. I said, yeah. I, I don't think so. Yeah. So if we're going to Oh, have you're a, just going to cherry pick whatever exactly. you, whatever you want. Yeah. And that's when we that so-called silent majority mm -hmm. need to wake up and say Well, that's what they you 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 kind of said it in a way. I was super quiet. I didn't bother anybody. I didn't get involved in I didn't get involved you in government. You got programmed, my friend. Yeah. You got you been in yeah. a lot of great American citizens like you being programmed for so long and that's what I'm doing when I go places. But but Ripping you said, the label. But you said something, and they and and they're this is what they're scared of. What they did was they messed up because, you know, and, and it like, backfired. It backfired because what they did was they took a a person who wanted to be left alone. Mm -hmm. They took an individual that does know violence. Mm -hmm. They took an individual that is strong, mm -hmm. and they pushed them too far to where they radicalized them. Exactly. It but backfired. To, you, it, to be fair, you weren't taking the special veteran kit they gave you to keep you docile and that's uh, right i wasn't taking their pills <laughs> they um, give you the subsidized government you know care package that? for the va no no tell me a little no. so in um i'll give you the uh, i'll give you the my book that i wrote about uh, leaving the military and the seven stages of transition and you know it's basically it's it's uh when individuals lose their identity you know with veterans coming home and they you know or if somebody you know has a job they do this certain thing you know you're say you're a jujitsu guy and then it's all you've you, done since you were seven you know and then you you know, you're 35, you've been doing jujitsu for 20 years, mm. and then you break your back, you can no longer do jujitsu for the rest of your life. Mm. That, will, that will drive me crazy. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> it's an identity. It's it's part of who you are. It's it's a it's a it's a foundational your, how about they they took your manhood away yeah, from you. Exactly. So um so that's what that that book is about. Um anyways, but when you in the book I talk about checking into the VA, talking about socialized healthcare. I check, you check in with the VA and it's almost, it's comical because they give you a VA starter pack of pills. Mm -hmm. They give, they will give you, um, what's the one for ADHD? Um, you're talking about, um, it's like meth, um, it can use, Adderall. It's Adderall. Adderall. Wow. They give you Adderall. They'll give you Ambien to go Sleeping to sleep. Pills. So you got something to come up. You know, Ambien is usually a depressing pill. Yeah, it is. And then they give you Zoloft for depression. The depression. And then they give you tramadol for pain, so they give you opiates. Okay, this is every and veteran then, that gets and out. Then, hold on, and then they'll give you prazosin, which prazosin is a they you, they give it to you to erase your dreams. So when you wake she, up, you don't have like that fight or flight response if you have a bad dream. It's completely suppresses like you your adrenaline. But the, what so it does is it so you're a guinea pig. So you don't you don't remember the dreams. But she looked it up. Prazosin is an adrenal blocker. 
So they're just bringing, so they're just taking all these veterans and Amen. making them docile. Amen. So they're like, we trained them to be badasses. So now we've got to control this situation. So as soon as you're out, castrate you. Yes. Yes. Chemically castrate you essentially yes. without take the loop on. Take your man, take your manhood away that make you docile, make wow. you depressed, make you down. So you're just a zombie. So, and he, he stopped taking them. So and I then went that's on, when you're, I switched to, I switched to testosterone therapy. Because uh-huh. I had I, I had you know uh, some brain issues and some other things that happened. You got a brain treatment for yeah. a TBI, and they looked at my levels and they said, "Yeah, you need you you have a damaged period. You have type two hypergonadism." So they put me on testosterone, but then I'm like, "Holy shit! I feel like I'm 25 again." You know, I don't need all these pills. I, I now I'm healthy, and then that shit happened. Wow! But see, it up. might not have happened. Maybe had if, you been on all your meds that I, they wanted you yeah, to take. Yeah, if I'd been on my meds, I probably would have just been followed orders and be like, okay. Well, I, just, I don't have the energy to fight yeah, this. I'm just going to go home and sit down and eat Uber. I see. <laughs> watch know, Netflix. And it's sad. You know? Now that you're pointing it out, it's good that I that you're talking about this because I see a lot of veterans, right, wearing their masks. Yeah. And you see this hat, and, and, and I feel like Vietnam, Korean. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys went through some hell if you yeah. went up there. Yeah. What are you afraid of that? But now that you're saying it, I can see what's going on now. Now I'm putting it together. They're medicating them. They're medicating them and taking their yes. manhood. Yeah. So they're all kind of marching organs. Well, and this is what I tell them. And so I go around and I speak to this. I have a whole wow, entire keynote about this. So I'm like, let me let me let me explain. Let me let me try to understand something. You guys go over downrange for generations, right? We're all volunteer force. Force now. We did have a draft. Yeah, but now we're an all-volunteer force. We go down range. We push the fight to the enemy. We're warriors. We run into oncoming bullets, bombs, whatever it may be, to accomplish the mission, to destroy the enemy. Mm-hmm. All right? That's what we did in the military. Fucking warriors. And then you come home, and you just fall apart. You allow civilian life or Amer- life, the American dream to crush you. You can go down to a sandbox, eat, you know, shit in a box, eat garbage, push the fight to the enemy for months on end. Happy, happily. Most guys that I know, especially in the combat, they, that's like the dream. <laughs> they loved it. They loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I truly loved it. And then you come home and this is what gets you. This oh, is the, God. this is what crushes you. But it's because the medication, you're which is provided ready. for by the elite, the pharmaceutical companies with big old fat DOD contracts. But think about for a second, if we allow all these veterans to have all this knowledge mm-hmm. to stand up, it'll be a threat. That's a, to that's their a power. problem. That's a, that's a problem. threat to their power. Yeah. So that's probably what I see the mistreating, how they mistreat the vets and the VA. Because they don't want to help them out. They don't want you guys to be healthy. No, and you and try to get try to get testosterone treatment from the VA. It's not happening. No. Any sort of treatment that doesn't involve pharmaceutical. Because it's one, it's cheap. I mean, technically, you know, the TRT is made in a lab. It's a it's a pharmaceutical, you know, compound, but it's cheap. Mm, it doesn't make money for the government. It doesn't make money. It's cheap, and it gets people too amped up. They want and them, it, to- and it makes it makes you it makes you you again. Uh, well, it's like we like I said earlier with the third party purchase. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, I need a a, a door for the room. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and buy a door. I'm not gonna care if the door even fit to right. that door. I'm right. just gonna <laughs> pay whatever. You want a door? You got a door. You got a door. <laughs> oh, but it doesn't fit. You got care. a door. You told me to get a door. Five thousand dollars. I said. You told me to get a door. Yeah. That didn't come from my money. I I don't know these answers, but I'm curious how much whoever develops Adderall, who develops Tramadol, opiates, um, Ambien, all the companies that make those those drugs, how much they make from the federal government. Well, how do you how do you know? Follow the money. Yeah. Follow exactly who these companies are lobbying. Yeah. Like what politicians are actually working? I'm sure it's the same as the as the the shot for for oh, COVID. Yeah. I'm sure it's J and Moderna, Moderna you know, and Pfizer and all Pfizer and yeah. all this. Follow the money. See what yeah. politicians are actually pushing this legislation. And unfortunately, it. it's it's both sides. Oh yeah, it's both sides. It's happening from yeah. both sides. Well, look at the gun control that we just have passed yeah. because of what happened in Texas, and I mean that's just ridiculous. Well, what part these people? Somebody need to bring. That part of the Constitution, the Second Amendment, should not be infringed. Yeah, and they're like, like what? I mean, you hear the Commander in Chief saying that these rights are not coming from; they're not absolutely given to you by for forever. Oh, you know, it's just crazy. So you, what was the point? Because you, you got in, you're getting, you, you got into politics. You're getting in more into politics. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you do that? What made you want to get into politics in, in the state of North Carolina? Well, I there's too many things. <laughs> elections, <laughs> the elections, how the elections went this past election in 2020. A lot of things that are, you know. I want to ask you about that. So let's stop right there. The 2020 North Carolina election. Our governor completely <laughs> destroyed the state about what six months before the election? Mm-hmm. I mean, he destroyed North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He destroyed the middle class in North Carolina, and then he didn't even. This is this is this is Nick's words. Okay, I'm gonna be very clear. This is my words. He didn't even campaign, and won. When all the other people on the ticket, all the other Republicans won, the presidential. You know, the, the state won as a as a Republican state for the president. Mm-hmm. But then Cooper is one as governor, one as governor. Can you ex- <laughs> from your point of view, can you explain that? Because I don't understand how that happened. Well, you know, it, it's, it's something, you know, they, they it's a billion dollar answer there. Right. Yeah. Think about something like that's what we used to see in Venezuela. You have all these people campaigning for the opposition against Hugo Chavez. Chavez will come out the next day and say, I won. It's a lot of things, you know, that they're questionable there. Like you just say, Mark Robinson, if you look at how many votes Mark Robinson got as a lieutenant governor, he almost got as much as Cooper. It was yeah, that- close. Like if Mark Robinson would have ran for governor, he probably would have won. If that's the, the numbers. Dan Dan Forrest mm-hmm. was everywhere. He Everyone was, was talking about him. Yeah, Ron Forrest, Ron, you know? Yeah. Everyone, everywhere I went in North Carolina, everyone, I was like, this is, I'm like, Cooper destroyed the state. Mm-hmm. Now you've got this guy talking about coming in and, and, and helping everybody and actually putting, writing the state back to where it, should, it, it normally was before uh-huh. Cooper. 
I'm like, this is a done deal. It this is, is a this Trump is, wanted to stay. Right. Uh, Mark, Mark Robinson Mark won. Robinson. I mean, this is a done deal. Uh, this is a like, Paul Newby won the Supreme Court. Right. I mean, it's this like, is a wrap. I was yeah. like, we're. I, I guess it sucked for the last six months, but you, but you know what? This is good. This is a wrap. We're gonna put these people back in power. He's gonna put fix everything, and then we're gonna be good. And then it came. I was like, I don't understand. Is it? Is there? Uh, this is what I was curious about because I'm like, you know, is it a thing where maybe people didn't really understand their whole ballot and they only check off one thing on the ballot? So I, like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's just like maybe they oh, just no, voted. I'm calling, for- I'm calling bullshit, man. Yeah, it, was, it is. It, it's bullshit. It is very he, questionable. Everything I'm gonna happened. say it. I think he stole it. I don't know how he stole it, but I think he stole it. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And I'm not Software. smart. And I'm not smart enough. Right. It's the same. But, but, same systems that they <laughs> that they used in Venezuela. In Venezuela, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Dominion system. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you one thing. We need to start re-educating how we think things. See? I, I look at it that this is also another tactic of the left for many decades in this country. Think about this. We are programmed here to go and vote in the midterm election and presidential elections. Mm-hmm. That's being also another scam from the left. We have to understand politics in the United States. We need to start taking back our local government. Right. That's where the real politics begin. That's ones that affect you the most. Every day. Yeah. But who oversee your elections? You think it's the counties. Right. The counties are right there. And you go to, a, I travel right now, I'm going probably over 30 counties in the state of North Carolina. The cities are in control of the Democratic Party. The counties are in control sometimes of the Democratic Party. What does it tell you there? Right. These people know exactly they're going to put the influence and who knows on your elections. We need to start getting involved into our local elections. I think by taking back the local government, we're going to be able to take this back the state. And by taking our state back, we're going to be able to oversee our elections. There would not be so much shenanigans in our election. Right. Maybe, you know, and regularity things in our elections. So, so I, you're saying that's a way to fix, potentially fix voter fraud and things like that. Exactly. We have, and we have to think about it. I want you to ask people that you know they're conservatives, how they vote, and ask them if, when was the last time you voted in city council? Right. You. Well, last time. Okay, but when was it before that? I can't be on. I don't know. Ah, county commission. Not much. Ah, school board of education. Mm-mm. So see what happened? Once again, the left have been programmed the right or the conservative side to do what the left want them to do. Let us control you your city. You got played. Let us control your county commission. Let us control your school board of education because that's where the real politics begin. Yeah. And we need, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to educate people in the state of North Carolina. We got to take back all these county commission, city council, school board of education. So by then, we're going to be able to have exactly what we want in the state. By doing that, we're going to be able to send the right people to D.C. And see, that's and that's what I want because I honestly, I'd be honest, I'm, and I've said this publicly, I, I'm from Florida. I'm a Floridian. I came here because of the military and then mm-hmm. I stayed because of you know family and businesses and things like that. I love Florida. Everything that's going on makes you want to go back to Florida. Okay, they don't do it. That's what they want you yeah, to do. Yeah. Run. Look, I, I'm going to tell you this. I already put so much money, my own money, into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's over 50 grand. 
that I'm dumping on what I'm doing. I could easily be using that money to do something else. For yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I have a nice property in Fort Myers, Florida, mm-hmm. that I promised my wife that we were going to go. Our, that's our spot. We were going to retire in Florida. Yeah. And I say, what am I doing this? I can easily go to Florida and it's not perfect, but I will be fine there. But if this monster called socialism, it's another skin because it's not. Socialism is the word because they understood that communism scare you. Yeah. So they came out with socialism. Put the cherry on top, call it democratic socialism. Follow it's me from people. It follow people. me from Venezuela to here. Yeah. You don't think it's gonna follow me from here to Florida? Right. So my that was kind of my thought is like what okay so I go to Florida but then what yeah no, you North gotta, Carolina do, goes to shit and then yeah. you don't think that eventually it's gonna it happen there coming, it, it, they're fighting look go to Florida and once again find out who's in charge of Miami Beach you think yeah. it's Republicans nope nope Hollywood, for a lot of there Hollywood Hollywood Broward County is a very liberal, Jacksonville very liberal Orlando agenda. yeah you want to go I'm telling you this is the program that the left have done for so many decades to us, to, to oh, no, you just got to vote for the primaries and the presidential elections, and your problem's going to be taken care of. No, it's not. We need to reprogram everybody, reprogram the loud majority that I call now. We got to take back our country. How? Let's take all these county commissions, city councils, the school board of education, the sheriff's department, by doing that, local action create national impact. We have to start understanding. We have to start getting educated in these issues. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to have a nation. No, and we won't have a nation for our children. And I tell people all the time, look, I, I, and, and like I say, I'm not trying to be a pessimistic. Look, I would not put that money. I, you know, I have, my, I have a very successful business that I put so much hard work to put together. I have one of the best in one point. I don't know if, whenever you get a time, look me up. My gym was in one point, one of the best facilities, probably top 10 in the East Coast of the United States. I have showers, a state-of-the-art gym, the best mats in the market. Some, some good people came out of that gym Yeah, too. some good people came out of that place. Yeah. I mean, I have everything I wanted to. I was living my American dream, yeah. but I have, I have left all that behind risking everything because i know what's going to happen here if i don't do it if i become a bystander and i don't do something about it so i cannot go back to florida and leave in florida if i wanted to i had to stay here and fight here yeah i wanted to remind everybody we're standing in the last domino of freedom and that dominant is not looking good right now right i i you know it's funny you say that because I literally asked, I said, if, if America, say America does fall, right, to a socialist party and eventually communism. Communism. It's communism. It's communism. Where are you going to go in the world? Exactly. That's Nowhere. where I was going to go to. Where am I going now? Nowhere. There's nowhere else to go. Exactly. That's what I always, I was getting ready to say, where am I going? And this is how, every time I go places, I say, if that domino fall, where will all go? Canada? Nope. Not anymore. Not anymore. Mexico? <laughs> nope. They might be a little better off. <laughs> no, Mexico's no. now. See, we need to understand what's really, really going on in the in, in the world right now. We have 
countries in South America, they are falling one by one to communism. Brazil is the last country over there. They're fighting against this idea. China is putting so much influence right now in that country and in all the countries in South America and the Caribbean. If Brazil fell, United States will be isolated from 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 the free. So this isn't just a this isn't just a war against the people of America. This is a world against freedoms. This is a world. This is a this is a a world plan against individual One, yeah. freedom. It's Human communism. Freedom. It's, yeah. And I believe behind this is China. Yeah, China. Who do you think is Russia? Russia's economy is not that great. California is not the greatest uh, state in the union, and I believe their economy is bigger than Russia's economy. Go figure. Do you think Russia is pumping the money to to do communism on the world, or Cuba, no, or, or Argentina, or Venezuela, or Colombia just fell to communism? Do you think no? It's China. China is the biggest competitor the United States have for so long. They always had this rival. Whoever is controlling the financial institution and the money is going to win, and they're going to be That's able crazy. to pump all that. To everything. They can win a war without firing a single shot. Well, Nika, uh, Nikita Khrushchev said mm-hmm. in the 60s, we don't have to throw, shoot shoot one bullet. It's going to be, no, we don't have to shot one bullet. It's going to happen. Yeah, we, we don't just have to gotta, feed him. We just have to outlast We got to feed him small amounts of socialism. One day Americans will wake up to communism. And if we go in the way we're going, it's going to happen. So you don't leave to Florida. <laughs> I'm not leaving to Florida. You know, and we have to look. I, and I always end like this when, when, because people will sometimes when I give my presentation, yeah. sometimes we give people cry, especially the veterans always cry. Sir, you made me cry. And when I see them cry, I start crying. Because like, Dang it. That's just like, you know, it's hard. I don't know if you've seen there's a video that is going around viral about, about this Marine. He's 100 years old, crying about what he's seen. You seen that video? Yeah. You haven't seen it. Mm. Oh, you got to watch this video. Oh, the one that I shared. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I shared it. Yeah. You know what people... Oh, my God. That got to me. (laughs) Check this out. This is what happened. I shared that video. I shared that video because I wanted people to It made me cry, that video. And it's... I have a big thing. I'm like, listen. Again, the whole thing. Those who don't know your history are doomed to repeat it. Exactly. There's also a thing that like talk... Listening, as you age, you get wiser. Exactly. That guy has been around. He's a hundred years old. He's, he's seen ex- a lot. His experience alone. Now, I'm not saying he could be the smartest person, but his experience of life alone makes him very wise. I'm like, just listen to his words. You know what? Go look at the comments. You know what it is? Well, if we went back, that would, he's racist. Oh, everything. If we go back, they just everything is racist. Everything is racist. I'm like, he's not talking. I said, yeah. first of all, if he's a vet. Guess what? He probably doesn't care much about race because when bullets are firing at it, you don't really give a shit who's next to you. Who's next to you? As long as they got your back. That's all you care about. Him. So I always say this thing, and listen, in, in the Marine Corps, in my world, we there's only one color, green. Mm-hmm. Well, not for too long. The <laughs> yeah. way things are looking. Right. You but saw the video that the Navy just pushed oh, about yeah, transgenderism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, look, that was scary. But it, in, in my world, and that in his world, we're green and we bleed red. Exactly. That's it. That's it. And I was like, you guys have taken something so beautiful 
and twisted it into something it's completely not. Well, it, it, it once again, how, how do you take a nation in the 21st century is by taking their culture? Yeah. It's not anymore by force. If, if we, look, if this communist decide to take United States by force, we will freaking fight. Right. And they know they're, we're not going to wake so, the yeah, sleeping don't, don't do the that. sleeping giant like yeah. they poke the bear because the bear is going to attack. So what do you do? Small education, our education is so compromised. Our politics <laughs> is compromised. Our religion is compromised. Our Families capitalism of, yeah. is compromised. It, everything, you look, mention one industry that is not, our mainstream media is compromised. Our, our health industry is compromised. It's where do you go? Everywhere. See, fighting these Marses is like playing whack-a-mole. Every time you catch them somewhere, I got you. They will appear somewhere out. <laughs> yeah. Different name. They repackage and they'll give it to you. And you will be like, oh, it sounds like a pretty good idea. How do you have the equity, diversity, inclusion? Bipartisan. These things got bipartisan, passed by bipartisan meaning that Democrats and Republicans pass this because it sounds really good. These ideas sound really good, but nobody understands exactly what's behind these ideas. Right. When, when you talk about diversity, what do you mean about that? Is this country not diversity enough to you? You can come here from any country in the world and be exactly. successful. Exactly. I'd you say you're pretty diverse. Okay, when you talk about uh, equity, what does that mean? Is that we're we talking about equal outcome or equal opportunity? There's equal opportunity. Yeah, I believe in equal opportunity, but these people don't believe in it. They you, believe you in, came here when you're how old? Uh, twenty, my first time. Twenty, twenty, your first time. Yes, and you're successful. I'm a very successful business. I open many business. They always been nothing but. I always tell people, man, when I came here, it was like fishing with dynamite. <laughs> It was so easy. All you needed to do is work really hard, have a good ethic, work ethic, and that's it. So what people don't realize is you cannot, that what you just said, all you need to do is work really hard and you can make it. That doesn't work in other countries. No, it doesn't. They that's, think that that's like, oh, that that's you can go you anywhere see, and do that. That's what you see mm -hmm. a lot of immigrants coming here because this is a racist country. This is a, a, a biggest country. This is a... No, this is the greatest country in the world. But a lot of people understand that if we keep pushing that and we start getting along and we start actually living our American dream, they're going to have to come out with good ideas. Since they don't have good ideas, we're going to bottom them out. We're going to say, nah, you, what, what are you talking about? And you're going to start losing their job. So they have to divide so they can stay in power. Divided, they're conquered. If we're united, we stay. But they know if we start getting divided, they're going to start getting more power and more control of our lives. That's the only reason you see what you see happening here. But that inclusion, remember this inclusion. This inclusion is about completely, see, they're not after you or you or me. They're after our children. With this transgenderism movement that they have pushed through everything. Because that's the future. That's the, the future. future. Think about all these kids. They're going to be slaves with this sex education. They're going to grow up thinking that that constitution is racist. They're going to grow up thinking that this country is not a good country and we need to rebuild it. Rebuild it to what? Okay. I wish that these kids understood it's because the first and the second and the third and the Bill of Rights they, they have the right to do and say what they want to say. Try to say those things in the middle of this. 
that I, I identify as a unicorn. But it's because once again, we have a lot of males walking around. Where are the men's? Where are the bands in this country right. to start standing up and calling this nonsense for what it is, craziness? We allow the craziness to be the new norms. We need to go back to common sense and some critical thinking and to start doing what you're doing. Don't go to Florida. Stay here. <laughs> John, what is, uh, what is next for you? Where can people find you? Where can people support you? Well, you know, you can go to Jonathan Uskategi and dot com and you can find me there go check me out on facebook and instagram uh like i say right now i am doing a speaking tour all over the state of north carolina we're trying to pretty much hit 100 counties eventually i'm gonna have to run for office it's inedible yeah. i can't just be a bystander i gotta get deeper into the fight yeah meaning that i'm gonna have to probably i can't tell you what i'm running for right mm -hmm. but it's going to have to, but I can tell you how many counties I have to campaign, 100. And as you know, our Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson is going to have to move. He's going to become our next governor. Somebody's going to have to take that position. They somebody strong, yeah. somebody that understand exactly what we're fighting. See, you can no longer have, I believe, these peacetime leaders running for office. Yeah. My call to all these people is to sit this ones down and don't run anymore. Because this is war. We need wartime leaders right now. People that not only understand the enemy, but they're willing to put everything on the line for this country. Once again, I took an oath when I came to became an American citizen. It was to protect this nation, and I will not let that oath down. I wanted to protect this country. I wanted to protect the state of North Carolina and make sure that these radical Marxist communists revolution it doesn't take our, our state we are living in a very great state and we got to make sure that you know we take care of everybody here our veterans you know i'm completely blown away how they're not taking care of veterans i just heard not too long ago we just got as in greensboro it's a uh, hebrew is a hebrew what is it called hebrew academy where they're going to be bringing more than ten thousands, i believe illegal minor immigrants we're already hiring 800 people there to house them health they're going to provide health education clothing everything but i hear stories from when i go places about the veterans that they're not able to see doctors mm -hmm. they're not supposed to we're going back before they signed the what was the law that they signed the mission act mm -hmm. when you're supposed to be seeing somebody in 20 days now they're going. It took me six years to see a neurologist for my head. Is that is that? But then you have we're throwing all kinds of money to other countries, and we're not forty taking billion care. dollars. Exactly, we're yeah. not taking care of the veterans of this yeah. country. That right there, get you know, it, it gave me so angry because I feel like I mean these people put their lives, their family on the line to serve this great nation, and this is how you're going to treat them. So you got more money for illegal immigrants. Hey, look, I am an immigrant. But I also came here legally. And I'm not saying nothing about illegal immigration. I'm not against anything. I, I'm up for helping everybody if I can. But we got to take care of ourselves first right. before we start taking care of people from other countries. This is not an insanity here.
that I don't see that our, our veterans are not well taken care. And that really get really aggravated me everywhere I go. And I talk to veterans and they're telling me their stories. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, man, I haven't been able to see. Look what you just say. Six years. Six years. But that's what happened when you allow the government to become involved to something. What do they do? They don't even know how to spend our money. They don't even know how to spend our money. I wish at least they know how to waste our money, but they don't even do it. It's like they completely throw it in, into the trash every time they get their mo our money. So we need to make sure that not only that we put somebody in office in the state of North Carolina, in any office, running for county, city, people that really care about our community, people that really care about no longer the parties, yeah, you know, about the people of this great state. That's the way, you know, I feel, you know. And it's going to have to, once again, the people like myself to be rising up to the occasion because, you know, if you get up there, call you racist because you're white, you know, I think, to be honest with you, I hear a lot of systemic racism happening in this country, right? And I always tell people, systemic racism, wait a second, if you look at it, I can go and apply for, you know, benefits because I am Spanish or somebody black, but you can if you're white. So you tell me exactly what systemic racism is. is. That flips the script, doesn't it? Exactly. So we need to start pointing the finger in the right direction. Right. You know, it, but why this is happening? Because nobody, once again, where are the men's in this country? Everybody's so scared. Oh, I don't want to say this thing or that thing because it's going to hurt my political career. It's not supposed to be a career. It's supposed to be when you become an elected official, serving your community. And we got so far away from that. We got so far away from, from God. We need God back in our country, in our government. You think who came up with that idea, separation of the government, the, the church and the state? You think it was a conservative? No. That was a leftist because by doing that, you start desensitizing people. Right. And then everything go. How can we celebrate it? And not, look, I got nothing against anybody. You can be whatever the heck you want to be in this country. But we celebrate Pride Month, but we only celebrate 4th of July one day? Is that not crazy to you? Mm -hmm. That we got one month to celebrate Pride? Your sexual orientation. <laughs> but we celebrate, we wait all year for to celebrate Freedom. the birthday of yeah. this nation. One day, and that's it, it's gone. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We allow politicians on both sides to compromise a lot of our principles. How this country was built. The principles of this country was built are disappearing little by little. And as they go, our freedoms go. That's the way I look at it. Well, that's accurate. And you've seen that over the past two years. It's just like you said earlier. They're not even hiding it anymore. Now no, it's in it, your face. The good thing now is that they're not hiding their intention. Right. I like that what they're doing now is right in your face. So now we're able to know exactly who is our enemy. Right. Before you're like fighting, okay, who's going to be who? What are they going to do next? Right. No, you know now. They're coming after our guns. 
because the next thing is our coming freedom. after our speech. Exactly. They're yeah. coming after our speech. Yep. They're coming after our guns. They're coming after all our freedoms. They're trying to dismantle and destroy the small business because they want now to push that it's even worse than communism, a chronic capitalism mm -hmm. in this country. And the plan that let show you. Look, it's close all the small business, but leave the big guys open. Gotta keep that gotta keep that tax state revenue. Exactly. Going, right? Think yeah. about it. I could have easily teach Jujitsu in Walmart <laughs> or in Sam's Claw. Right. Or in Home Depot. Or the ABC store. The ABC store, because everybody was there. Yeah. So I just bring my mats there and teach Jujitsu <laughs> there. I used to joke around like that, you know, I'm gonna start teaching Jujitsu in Walmart. Why? Because everybody's there. Right it's on open. top of each other. It's open. Exactly. Right, but not the churches. Yeah, right? in the church. Right, no, not the churches. Those well, are closed. If you heard what I said earlier. How everything is compromised. I say it, our religion right. is compromised. Mm -hmm. Why? You have all these pastors and all this. And I'm not calling people religion individually. But how can you allow that to happen? Right. You, When you're a pastor, you're supposed to be a, a sheepdog. You protect the sheep from the wolf. You don't leave the sheep to the slaughterhouse. Right. And that's what I saw with a lot of the churches they didn't even question. Okay, let's close tomorrow. Boom. What? And everything is open. You're closing. You could easily have your service once again in Walmart. <laughs> That's what my dad kept saying. He's like, I'm just going to go up to, to exactly. Home Depot. Her parents are preachers. And he refused to close. He was like, well, no, good for him. I don't care. Good for him. But that's something that I see there. Our church, when I saw our churches close, you don't understand. I was like, man, we're in serious, serious trouble. Serious yeah. trouble when our churches are closed. In everything out. Notice I have people, friends of mine, they sell wine. Mm -hmm. And they were telling me, Jonathan, we're selling in a week what we used to sell in a month. This is what people were telling. We're selling. We cannot even keep up what we're doing, our jobs now. Why? I mean, we're selling what we used to sell in one week. I mean, in a month, in one week. People were just drinking. They got much money the state made. Yeah, that's why I because we're an ABC state. So I was like, I don't understand why this is allowed. I kept I kept saying like, why is it? Why are all the liquor stores open? Why are all the bars still allowed to be open? Mm -hmm. Like I don't understand. And everybody was like, well, if if all these people aren't allowed to drink alcohol, they'll have to go through detox, and then the then the hospitals would be flooded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, it's because. <laughs> The reason is because we're enabling these people to be alcoholics. No, the reason is because if you stay clear, you start thinking. Yeah. If you stay completely clear, uh, you're going to start home, stay thinking home, about drinking. it and say, "Wait yeah. a second, well, what's going on? There's been more than two weeks. Did they say two weeks to flap the curve? Mm -hmm. But if you're all wasted, I knew a lot of people that all they were doing was drinking, and all the printing of the money, like we did in Venezuela, mm -hmm. we print the money like they were printing now money. Chavez started printing money and devaluating our currency. What do you think is happening now? Where's all this money is coming from? <laughs> they were giving so much money to people. They were paying for people to stay home more than going to work. We, couldn't, we couldn't hire anybody. It, everywhere I went, it was like that. Oh, we don't, we can't hire people. And then the the unemployment office was receiving a lot of people filing unemployment and they needed to, you know what they were doing? They were applying for jobs. And when they, you call them 
for the job, they didn't reply. I yep. had over, when I, I was doing interviews here for our business, I had, you know, 50 plus people respond to job applications and I had over 35 people not show up. Because they were getting... They just had to show that they went, that they tried or they applied or... That's a, a <laughs> socialism right there. Entitlement, laziness, don't worry. Somebody else is going to work. It's going to take care of you. That's not the American way. That's a, a, a third world country, you know, mentality. But look at how those countries are doing. Horrible because this mentality, you know, and I hope that we, we do something. Once again, don't go to Florida. I'm going to stay here. You better stay here. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. I might get a house in Florida, though. Yeah. yeah. Get a house we can go Florida. and visit. I'm yeah, going to yeah. get a house, too, in Florida <laughs> to go and kind of detox from from power, from, from fighting. Yeah. From fighting. Yeah. And then I come back. Come back and, to war. <laughs> but this is a war that we're going to have to fight. It, look, like I tell everybody, at this point, you're no longer doing it for yourself. Yeah. We're you're not it, at this point, at this age. We're doing it for our children. Yeah. We have to see it this way. We got to make sure... That they, that they can have a country to live in. Exactly. Yeah. But it's going to take men like you and I to get involved and be willing to do whatever it had to be done to protect this country. Yeah. We cannot pretend that some of these politicians, the majority that we have in office, are all peacetime leaders. Oh, no, things are going to go back to normal. Just wait. Mm. We're going to take the House and the Senate, and we have the House and the Senate during the Trump administration. You know that, no? Mm-hmm. What happened? Nothing. So what do they call here in this country? And I learned this here too. Trying the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results called what? Insanity. Insanity. We have to wake up and start using more critical thinking. That's all. It, it can be solved by just some common sense and that's it. So start using some common sense into everything in, in, in government. Don't don't believe that these people that are in charge are smart and they know everything. This, you'll be surprised. I've been around a lot of politicians in the highest level, and I'm going. This is these are people making. Decisions. You're in charge of this. <laughs> you are in charge of this. Look, I might have a very strong accent, but I tell you, I open very a lot of small business done very well, and I know exactly how to, you know, balance my checkbook. Doing all this thing, payroll, deal with work compensation, liability. I think to to run for office, you have to have some kind of like, you know, opening business in the past. Yeah. So you understand what it's like <laughs> to budget a business. Right. Because if you're not doing that, how the heck are you expecting? You know, remember, government is not in the business to make profit. But can we at least make it to not lose so much money? Not spend. It's way by yeah. losing. It's called personal responsibility, yeah. right? If you're an owner, business owner, you know how much you can invest right, right now. Okay, you're not going to invest $2 million you don't have. No. Okay, so you're going to go and see your budget and say, well, I want to grow up, but this is how much we've got right now. And if I'm going to take a loan, I'm going to make sure that we have enough money coming in to pay this loan. Right. How can we not apply the same formula in our government? How can we not do that? Because they're just printing more money. Exactly. Because yeah. there's no personal responsibility. No. Nobody cares. Once again, they just pass the buck. The third party purchase. They don't care. Yeah. They, nobody care about it. Is, is that your money? No. It's somebody else's problem. Somebody else's money. Yeah. Let's do it. So we got to stay away from that. 
Small government, more freedoms. That's how I see it. So guys, go go follow this guy. All the the links that you saw on the screen, the links in the show notes below. Go follow John, and uh, we'll be looking. I'm I'm going to be paying very close attention to what he has going on, and he's definitely got my support. Oh, I, thank you so I, much. I appreciate you coming. And I'll try here. to come back if you allow me. Yeah. When after I announce the what thing. I'm running for, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's campaign law. You can't I can't announce you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. now, but I but you're getting involved with the state. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. stay stay wise. I got yeah. a campaign 100 counties. Yeah. And as you know, if you live in the state of North Carolina, Mark Robinson is going to be our next governor. I, I believe. Hope so. Oh, he's I a great so. leader. He's great. Somebody that I you know I admire. This guy is, is a real deal. He's strong leadership that's what yeah. we need right now but eventually somebody's gonna have to take his position is all i can tell you, you know? yeah all right guys thank well, you so hey, much well go follow john thank you guys so much you guys know the deal never quit never surrender and we keep moving forward peace <laughs>